The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. I am Catherine Zox. I am your social worker with a microphone, and thank you all for joining us this morning, joining me this morning, joining my co-host, Lauren Deller-Blake and Catherine Zox. And Lauren, the show, it's not Voice America anymore. It's VoiceAmericaVariety.com. So if you guys want to know more about us or want to know more about what's happening on Voice America, just go to VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Variety.com. I like that. That's happy. That sounds more entertaining and informative. Was it informative? Was that you sniffing? Or it, was, it was a little cough. I'm sorry. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Do I have to call attention to it? <laughs> yeah. Not at all. <laughs> well, I heard this horn and I thought, Lauren, where are you? I didn't uh, know about the change of name. That's interesting. Yeah, well, go to the website. Listen I'll to us. Check I will check it out. <laughs> VoiceAmericaVariety.com. So there's like a lot of variety stuff on here. And if you want to call us, you can call us. The guest call us call in number is 866-472-5787, 866-472-5787. Interrupt anytime. So, Lauren, what's happening with you? I know I got something from you the other day, and this looks like really exciting because you've got a new uh, teleclass coming up. It's a free teleclass with whom? Tell us about it. Lauren is president of Big Fish Nation, if you're just listening for the first time, which is a 12-month entrepreneurial program. But Lauren does a lot of different kinds of things. and You can go to her website also. Tell us the website because we haven't mentioned that in a while, and also this Teleclass thing that's coming up. What There's is a lot it? going on. It's BigFishNation.com, which, by the way, we're going to have to talk about it again in a few weeks because it's being totally revamped. We have a lot of. I'm very excited about the new website coming, but um, that's for another another day shortly. But are you changing the name? Are you changing the no, name? No, no. What we're doing is we're merging LaurenBeller.com and BigFishNation and merging them into one website, so that you're going to get a lot more information in one space. Because right now. You have to go to two separate websites for all the information about everything that I'm up to, and I'm not liking that. So, and you shouldn't, because you know that really that does that sucks. Because I well, always go. I'm of, one of your fans. It's true. And, There's a lot of um, different opinions about it, but I'm of the mindset, at least right now, that I need to have one landing place. You know, one place for people to go. So what you're speaking about, though, is this Lauren and Friends. We decided this year to do. I have, you know, I have some really cool friends I know, and sometimes I want to tell the world about what they're up to. and Well, am I the number one coolest friend? That's what I want to know. Absolutely. Well, every week I devote an hour of my week to you. There's no All one right. else that, get that gets that much time. Okay. <laughs> Let's just get that clear. I'm number Let's get one. That really All right. clear. Go on. Now we can talk about the other friends and the teleclass. So, and some of these friends I've never known. Like I just I met the guy a couple months ago, and I just loved what he was up to. It was a brilliant new business. And I thought, you know what, we need to share this with all the people that I know. So we started this series called Lauren and Friends. It's free. And it's an hour teleclass whenever I feel like it. So there's no set schedule. You have to be on the mailing list to, to get more information about when they're going to happen. And our next one is the best-selling author who is a friend, and his name is Michael Lozier, and he wrote the book Law of Attraction. And he used to come on and, 
help with the big fish groups. Like once every once a year, he would come with each of the small big fish groups. But he got too big. He ended up on Oprah and Friends, and um, did that for all of last year. And then decided he was ready to tour the world. And he started touring the world and didn't want to be in one place like you on a regular basis. So he stopped doing Oprah and Friends, and he's all over the world. Like he's in Malaysia and he's always all over the world. So he's going to do one teleclass with us in two weeks from yesterday. So that's free for one hour. So if people want to sign up, what do they do? How do they get on? Because he was on my show a couple, actually a couple times. I mean, he is the guru of this law of attraction, like the whole... You know, yeah, he actually had law of attraction books out before The Secret, which is, you know, the the other book that talks about law of attraction. So, yeah, Michael's been doing it a long time. I want to say at least, as a matter of fact, his old book is in front of me. Um, his book came in 2003, so that was a while ago. All right, so he's been out there. He is the guy, and you can listen to him, uh, Lauren and Friends. Oh, I know what I was thinking. Lauren and Friends is like Fox and Friends, isn't it? What is it? Fox and I had him. Fox and something. I think it is Fox and Friends. I like that. That's a great title. I do, title. too. I do yeah, too, that's Fox, very yeah. cool. Now, I want to talk about what I'm going to do. Oh, let me hear. What are you going to do? That's enough. <laughs> no, I'm all done. <laughs> no, I'm giving, no, we'll talk about it more. We've got a, a whole hour to here to go. But I'm giving the, the uh, SUNY Albany here in, in New York, the State University of Albany, is uh, sponsoring this big uh, luncheon and um it's uh, for university-wide, I guess, and I didn't realize this. They asked me to speak at this thing. It's called the Celebration of Vital Volunteers, University at Albany Alumni Association, May 2nd, 2009. The University at Albany Alumni Association is pleased to invite you, one of our vital volunteers, to be our guest at this inaugural, inaugural celebration of university ambassadors. Receive an inside look at you, Albany's future from the present. I'm not going to go on. Impact of the, it's about the impact of alumni volunteers on their lives and learn why volunteerism matters from Catherine Zox, 83, the recipient of the 2008 U Albany Association Excellence Award in Public Services. Good topic. Yeah, volunteer. I do volunteer. You know I do. Definitely That's volunteer. <laughs> Pay me? Oh, no, don't pay me. I don't want to volunteer. <laughs> it makes me too uncomfortable. I'm a social worker. Social workers get very uncomfortable when they have to get paid, which is different than business coaches. They love getting paid. That's exactly right. That's I mean, why we're good together. have a healthier relationship with money. We should talk about that topic. That's a good yes, topic. Yes, we should, because that's a whole issue, women and money and the different fields that you choose. We got. To, I just want to tell everybody what the guest is, who's our guest coming up, Lauren. Jessica Bram, she's author of Happily Ever After, Divorce. Now, you and I can speak to this. Notes of a Joyful Journey. And Jessica, by the way, has done several interviews on Oprah and Friends, as well as NPR and a lot of other things. But anyway, this is her new book about uh, divorce. And obviously, she's been divorced, so there's a lot of personal stuff in this. Um, And everybody else I know is divorced. One of my closest relatives is getting a divorce after umpteen years of being married. Whoa. And I am, like, you know, counseling her. So it's really difficult. I mean, uh, and I'm talking about a lot of years, um, you know, half one's life. That's really tough. Because I think it depends. We can ask uh, Jessica, but it's different depending on at what point I think you get divorced, at what point in the marriage, whether it's two years, ten years, or thirty years. It is. It's that's a hard one. And if the kids are involved, I think it always makes a big difference too. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. Because then, if no kids, then it's just money. If there is any money, and if there isn't, that's it. Exactly. But, yeah. <clears throat> so, but anyway, talk about divorce. You know, we um, did we mention this last week? Because you know, you and I have been talking to some of these men who are divorced. 
what's his name, Glenn Sachs. He has this whole uh, <laughs> radio show. He quotes Lauren and me uh, about uh, men and divorce, and he stands up for men's rights. Well, there's another website you can go to. I spoke to this guy last week, and this is he's good. He's written the book called The Complete Single Father, and he's divorced, and he now has a web has a uh, website and a newsletter, the Complete Single Father newsletter, and it's he discusses the issues and uh, that fathers have, single fathers have, so that uh, may be different than what single mothers have. Similar issues, but it's always from a different filter because he's a man, right? I think it's actually harder. I don't know. I cause yeah. I just think that's not their natural role. It's, I, it's, I'm making such a biased comment. I agree with you. I can't believe I'm agreeing because it's like. <laughs> We can all do the same thing, but the truth is, Lauren, in certain ways, we're outfitted for, to do it better. We are. It's true. <laughs> I think it's true. I think that it's hard. It's got to be hard. And I thought you were going to talk about, I, I snickered because I thought you were going to talk about the other guy, but it's okay. Sorry. I, that's why I was snickering in the back. We have to give Michael Schimberg a chance. This is a new father. This is a new man. I yeah. mean, obviously, if he's doing this complete single father's newsletter, there's a need. There's something out there. But there are a lot of fathers who are saying, we need a voice now. I think we need smart. a voice. And he's got tips from the trenches from real single fathers. I don't know if there's any fake single fathers, but real single fathers. And he wants you to email him your stories so he will uh, write about, I guess, in this newsletter, he can write about your story you know, monthly if you want to. So um, tell your story if you want to. Complete Single Fathers. And you can go to, it's, I guess it's completesinglefather.com and you can get the newsletter. So I think it's probably a big topic. I haven't ever thought about it, but I bet you it's a big topic. Yeah, I'm getting, you know. Um, I think there's many, there's not a ton of it, but there, it's happening where fathers are getting the custody of the children. Yeah. You're right. It doesn't happen a lot. I don't think it's in you know the majority at all, anywhere near the majority. I think it's a small percentage, but enough that they need a voice. Yeah, they need to. Well, they need help. Men traditionally are not going to turn to their boyfriends for help. No, it's I mean, true. Girl, women. I don't care who you are. You've got at least one girlfriend that you can talk to. You may be somebody who you know is the least social person, you know, woman. But come on, women talk. They just do. They I don't really do. And the other thing is that. Even if men do want to talk about this topic, if they're a single dad, there's probably not that many out there. So to reach out in this in this group of people is probably really smart because there's probably not that many. Yeah, and Michael's a good guy. He's a, he's a I think oh, he was I don't not Wall Street, but he's one of those finance people, and he's got a good heart and he's very close to his mother. She has a radio show in Florida, so I, I like Michael. Actually, I'm going to email him and tell him I gave him this big. Plug for him on the show today. Good. Yeah, here's another one, Lauren. Spending money, spending money, 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 money. You know, we have uh, Barack Obama's over there in uh, in London. They're protesting. Did you see this morning? They are protesting, saying that co- this is in London. This is in England. This is saying that capitalism, and there's a huge group of people, doesn't work anymore. Interesting. That's scary. Wow. Not that they're protesting. I don't think they're protesting specifically Obama. It's the whole conference, you know, all of these. Uh, uh, That's so interesting. I didn't hear that. Yeah, go on. Turn turn on the news because it's I on. Haven't like, t- you could tell I didn't turn on the news this morning. Yeah. They are protest and, and, and I had talked to somebody else about that the other day, saying the whole idea of capitalism is on the line right now. Huh. It's not because it's international. Does it work? Does it not? I mean, we're in a position where maybe, you know, it. It's not working, or I mean, I think it's working, and I think we're going to get out of this and all that, but it really is because there's a big question mark. Well, it's not working because of irresponsible people. 
And if people would become more responsible, I think we could go back to capitalism in a second. Are we going to go back to spending? Well, are you going to no, go I back to spending? Are you going to buy do... that junk stuff I ask every week? Are you I, gonna go... talk, I mean, you and I talk about this a lot, and I think that we can't go back to spending the way we spent as a, as a country, as a world. So I do think that capitalism is going to take, we're going to be inventing differently. We're going to be thinking more thoughtfully about how we, what products we develop and sell, just as a, as a nation, as a, as a world. All right, here we go. KZ, I, I'm trying to remember, NYK, what is it? I want people to email me at my contact on my website. What do you think about spending? I mean, are we going to go back to this whole spending thing? What are we going to do? I'd like to get some responses, and sometimes people don't want to say it on the air. I understand that, but they can email me at what is it? NYK. <laughs> I can't remember. I'll have to come back with my email, email address. I'll tell you. Well, I have so many email addresses. Do you? I, I have one. You want oh. to, they can email me and I'll forward it to you. How's that? All right. Uh, well, whatever you want. But I know I need to know my email address. I mean, you are, I, you're pathetic. KZOX <laughs> at nycap.rr.com. How's that? You're also our KZ voice at AOL.com. Yeah, but I don't want them to do that one. Oh, too late. Sorry. Forget about it. Forget about it, folks. Don't do that one. That's I've got a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to say uh, we're saying goodbye for the minute. We got guests coming up in this next half hour. Voice America Women Variety. Catherine Zox, Lauren Beller, break. Don't go away. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty's has just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is life. Life is dance. Broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Can't stop now. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. What are you going to do when that big emergency strikes? Do you know how to prepare? Do you know when? What if we provided you a source to learn from and plan as you go? Listen for The Road to Ready with your host, Rick Tobin. Rick will offer a weekly source of reliable information and resources. You'll hear about new ideas and innovation in emergency management. Best of all, you'll have the tools to get ready for any emergency in small bites each week. The Road to Ready is heard every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Good morning. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone here on Voice America Variety.com with Lauren Deller Blake, my co-host, and my guest, or our guest, Jessica Brom. And I have to tell Jessica, I have to tell, I, you know, I, just before we went on the air, we talked to Jessica for 20 seconds, and she said, is this live or taped? And we said live, and she thought it was taped, but it's not. So whatever you say is that's it. We do not edit it. But anyway. What you hear is what you got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What you hear is what you got. Jessica's author of Happily Ever After Divorce, and you're talking to two divorced ladies here, Notes mm-hmm. of a Joyful journey and Jessica she's a radio commentator author of her new book happily ever after divorce notes of a joyful journey and she's been on Oprah she's been on the uh, NPR morning edition all things considered the whole thing and she's a writer for many many magazines and I think you live in Westport Connecticut with your three West, sons Westport Connecticut that's right all right Jessica uh, divorce uh, you know I have so much stuff to respond to but uh, you wrote this book I always ask who what and why? Well, we just talked about who, so what is it? The book, you know, the book Happily Ever After, because a lot well, of people... Well, what really motivated me to, to write it was um, I, had been st- I had stayed in an unhappy marriage for so long because I was so terrified of divorce. I thought it was going to be the end of the world. I thought it was going to destroy my children and it was going to be financially disastrous. And what I found, what I finally went through it, much to my surprise, was yes, it was difficult, but there were some wonderful moments of growth and finding that I could do things that I didn't know that I could do, and my children were fine because I think we handled it well. So the book, Happily Ever After Divorce, Notes of a Joyful Journey, is a collection of my stories which shows me going through each one of those things buying a house or traveling with my kids or, or losing it in front of the kids um, and, and how I got through it and pushed through it and found sunlight at the other end. So you're taking all the stuff that happens when one goes through a divorce and I think, didn't your parents, weren't they divorced and that was one of your fears of getting divorced because you didn't want to happen to you, it's the same thing to happen to your children or theirs was not a good divorce or at least the way it impacted on you? That's right. It was not handled well. I think they just really didn't know anything about how to handle a divorce back then. And um, I had been the child of a divorce, and I knew what it felt like to be the child of a badly handled divorce. That actually equipped me to be a better parent as I went through it, determined to do it very differently. And we did. And I think that's important. That's a good point because I, my parents were happily married, and I went through a divorce same time you did, 20 years, three children. I mean, it almost paralleled my same situation. It was amazing. And I always, but I'm a social worker, so I thought, well, I understand I'm going to really be able to handle this with my three kids. And one of my boys said to me, you know, you don't know what it feels like. And suddenly I realized, and this was, you know, halfway through, not halfway, it was during the process, and I'm like, he's right. I really don't know what it feels like. You know, I'm trying to be real, use all the social worky kinds of stuff as well as mothering, but exactly. I don't know what it yeah. feels like, and that's a whole different thing. Right, that's right. Well, and it was different for my children, and I made sure. Uh, one of the things, for example, my ex-husband and I, you know, believe me, we were not friendly through this whole process, but the one I thing... I believe that- you. <laughs> but the one thing that we did unify on is we wanted to protect the children and then we would keep them out of it. And I approached him, there's a chapter called Coffee with the Enemy, where I sit down with him and said, let's get lawyers out of this. I was advised to, to do that. 
and just negotiate our custody agreement ourselves, meaning where the children live, how and when they go, you know, when they're with each parent, where they are, vacations, all of those things. And we did it in a way that completely kept the children protected and kept them out of it, and we were very unified on it, and it really paid off. I think my children ended up far more secure and happier than I certainly had been when I was a child of divorce. You know what they always, I don't know if they always, I, I, sometimes they're always, um, there's this, this sort of an implication when you get divorced that kids are going to feel unwanted, and I think today the opposite is true. Both parents want the kids, and so there's the battles are between, you know, the push-pull, you know, when you, like, you negotiating the custody arrangements, which you were saying. Right. Um, but, uh, but Jessica, what, I mean, didn't you ever get into those, like, screaming matches? Let's be real. I mean, and, like, losing it and losing it in front of the kids. I mean, I know I did, not often, but sometimes it was just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to kill him. I mean, I was just so upset, and I really tried to maintain myself. But it doesn't always happen, and if it if you do let go, do you have to feel guilty about it, and how do you handle it? Well, there is a chapter where I describe what when I, I did lose it in front of my kids, and I almost blurted out how their father was, was yeah. trying to destroy us or something like that at a bad moment. But I remembered so well being on the receiving end of that as a child, and I knew that the effect on me was that I somehow became forced to become loyal to one parent or the other. And as a result, I felt very alienated from my father all the years growing up and didn't really have a relationship with my father. I wanted so badly for my boys, whatever happened, to have a good relationship with their fathers, with their father as I hadn't. And so I had to really, really watch myself and not say anything negative about him in front of them. And I think that was a very important message, and it, it really paid off. And I think I agree with you, but I think even if one isn't able to do that, maybe there's a little more tension. or You can still be angry, and maybe it's not the right thing to do, and you have to watch it, just as you're saying. But on the other track, you can still make sure that they that you take them to their father or your, he's, the kids are there when he's picking them up, that they always, that you follow suit so that he is seeing the children. He's Absolutely. Had, he, you know, Absolutely. yeah. E- even if you're not handling it well, just be sure that you know that the dynamic is such that they're still involved with their father, and, and it will serve you in the end. Because yes. believe me, it's a wonderful thing to know that there's another person in this in this world who will you know live and die for my children, yes, and good. that's very comforting. So, how old are your kids now? Well, the oldest is now 23. He graduated from college two years ago, and he's going to be teaching, doing Teach for America in New York City. Congratulations, yeah. I have another one about to graduate next month from uh, from college, and I have one more in high school. Right, they so, do grow uh, up fast. Yeah, they grow up fast. My kids are about a little bit older than yours, but, uh, you know, the same thing. I'm glad they have a relationship with them. And the thing is, I don't think sometimes couples realize that even when you're kids, and you just touched on it a little bit, Jessica, but, you know, even their late 20s and and early 30s, they have issues and problems. And if you at least, as you say, it's only the two of you who love them, and no one's going to love them more than the two of you, no matter who you're involved with after that. And you can still go to their father, or he can come to you and help resolve problems that may happen to your kids later in life. Think about that. That's right. I think one of the things that we did that was very helpful, a lot of people... um, let the kids decide where they want to go, whose house they want to be at. And that even goes up until when they're older. And we knew that that was going to be torturous for them. So we kind of carved in stone uh, a schedule where you are with Dad on Tuesday nights, you are with 
mom on Wednesday and Thursday nights. So, and that's that's the rule. So they were never in a position to have to choose. I think that had to be enormously alleviating to them. Uh, yeah, I think that is not a good idea. Having kids choose. I don't know. What right. do you think, Lauren? I mean, I you, you were divorced. Lauren was divorced, but you had no kids, so it's a very different situation than say what Jessica and I went through. Really different. Really, really different. It's nowhere near the complication and heartbreak. I think. Yeah. Lauren, what would you say were your biggest challenges? Um, let's see. I mean, it was very. I mean, I don't know if he would agree with this at this point, but for me, it felt like. I don't care because you're the one who's on the air. Well. <laughs> But I'm wanting to say, I mean, I think it was pretty mutual. We had been together a long time. I was really young. I was only 21 when I met him, and um, we were together 13 years. So we were good friends, and we had a business together. And when the business ended, and we we sold the business, and we it just it was time to move on. It was time to go do our separate things. So would you call that an amicable amicable divorce? See, I don't really believe that people can be really close friends because I always say if you're going to friends, then why aren't you still married? I just yeah, that's quiet. exactly right. Uh, you agree? Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely. It was a time. It was we had grown our separate ways, and we were doing separate things. And it was time. We it was really time. What we had together was a business. We sold it, and then we right. were done with it. Well, what I identify with is I also was with him for a very young age. We were together since I was twenty and married when I was twenty-two. So all those years later, one of the things that I worried about was loneliness especially since the kids were with him every other weekend, and how would I feel being alone? And I recount a weekend when I went away to the beach. It's a chapter called Goodbye Loneliness, where I go to rent this little room in a beach motel just to get away for the weekend, and as I'm spreading out my things on the bathroom sink, I get this feeling of peace, like, oh, this space is all mine, and there's no one here to criticize, and I'm not in a battle, and I had the most wonderful weekend alone, <laughs> discovering things like puttering in and out of shops that my husband never had the patience for, or chatting with the waitress at the dinner table at the restaurants, and that was a revelation. It was wonderful. Yeah, it, it, it sort of, and it sounds kind of, um, I don't know, it sounds a little bit Pollyannish when you say it, but it is so true because it's sort of like, you know, you really discover yourself. I felt the same way. I didn't even have to go to the beach. I was in my own house. And <laughs> I was, he left, and he went to move into his apartment, and my youngest son went with him. The other two boys were in camp. It was summertime. I have to tell you, I had this like, oh, my, this is my house. That's right. This That's is my right. closet. Move my shoes in there. I am ready to go. I mean, I, I, I mean I'm exaggerating slightly, but it was that sense of no one's here to criticize me, no one's here to tell me I can't or I shouldn't. And the other thing, Jessica, I think that this is what you said in the book is, I was married at 22 also, right after I graduated from college, but didn't have kids till a lot later on. Right. So I, I do. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so funny how your your situation kind of just really pattern. It goes, it's very similar to mine. But Now, did you have a boyfriend? See, I had a boyfriend. That made a difference. I did not. I was not even interested in dating, really, for years. I was so happy to be out of a tense relationship, um, for one thing, that I really wasn't that interested. The other thing, I was enjoying my kids in a way I hadn't before. You know, I started doing having fun with my kids. Um, we would go away together, and they'd say, Mom, play miniature golf with us, or Mom, come come on the Ferris wheel with us. And I never did that stuff. Their dad did the fun stuff with them, and I packed the lunches and the backpacks and all that. So I was really enjoying them. When I did start dating, um, I always did it in a way that kept 
kept it separate from the kids and really only later uh, was in a relationship. And I'm in a wonderful relationship now and I'm engaged and I did find, I believe, the man that I was meant to be with and I found love afterward, which is another positive message that people need to remember when they're going through a tough time that there definitely is a, a better, wonderful life at the end. Yeah, but take a look at yourself. I mean, I have a, a relative now, and I was just telling Lauren before you came on the show, who's going through a divorce after many, many years of marriage, and she's still at the stage of the whole thing is totally his fault. You know, if it hadn't been for what he did, everything would be fine, every, you know, and the whole family would be intact. And I said, that's not really true. He can't, couldn't do what he did unless you were doing that dance with him. We're going to take a break. I, can you come back with us for a few minutes, Jessica? Sure thing. Okay, it's Catherine Zox, Lauren Beller Blake, Jessica Bram, and we're talking about divorce and her new book, uh, VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Is it really true that nearly half of all marriages end in divorce? Get the answers to this and other questions about relationships on Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak. The program's devoted to marriage, divorce, midlife dating, and men-women relationships in general. Jim and his guest experts will have plenty of information, insights, and advice for you, all as part of a lively and wide-ranging discussion about today's relationships. You can listen Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, for Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak on Voice America. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern-day Renaissance man Ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within. Your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to the Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll free number is 866 472 5788. That number again is 866 472 5788. We're back. Thanks for joining us. I'm Catherine Zox with my co host Lauren Beller Blake and my guest, Jessica Bram, author of Happily Ever After Divorce Notes of a Joyful Journey. And we've been talking about divorce, but uh, Jessica, uh, 
give us the website that we can go to, too, because you got a website that talks about the book and who you are and what you do, and I want everybody to know where they can tune I in. I do. It's happilyeveraftedivorce.com, and there are some excerpts of the book on there and some information about it. You also read some of my, see some of my press appearances. And I have a blog now called the Happily Ever After blog where we continue the conversation about divorce, and it's... Um, all of that is available either through happilyeveraftervorce.com or just by going to my website jbram.com. And before we took the break, I asked you the question: Did you have a boyfriend when you got divorced? Because I did. I think that made it easier. Although I, I never married. We've been together twenty years now, and everybody who listens to the show is sick of hearing me say this. But <laughs> we have been together twenty years. Partners don't live together, but do everything together and travel well, you're together. Trying and, it out. You're trying yeah, it out. exactly. So it's different. But you're engaged. How, what about? The response, I know it's been a long time, but you're, the, the children, in terms of like now you have somebody, or when you first got a boyfriend that you were serious about, because that's always a huge issue in divorce. Well, I think it was important that a, time, a period of time had passed for the boys to have gotten used to the idea that I wasn't with their father. Um, I, I just felt more comfortable giving them that space, and I, when I did start dating, it was only on weekends when they were not around. I just personally didn't feel comfortable about having another man on the scene so so early. It really, truly was years, but that was just my own choice. I think no, but I have... think it, what I did was, even though he was on the scene, I totally, and I think maybe mothers of boys, I don't know if there's a difference, but I think boys get real protective of their mothers, just that old-fashioned stuff, and they do not want to see her with another man. I never was with him except when the boys were with their fathers. That's and right. he never That's stayed right. overnight at the house ever, which people would look at me and say, you know, that's crazy, but it wasn't. It was their house, their home, and I had plenty of time to be with him when they were with their father. So um, I, I think that's really important. I, I completely I, I, agree with you on that. And I remember that, you know, what it was like as a child, too. I really didn't want to see somebody else on the scene, not for years until I got quite used to the idea of it. Yeah, I think kids are going through so much. It's a loss. I mean, it is a real loss, and it's a different... It's a different kind of loss for them than it is for us. And I think uh, because your parents were divorced, you understood both sides of it. I'm going back to that again. I don't think I did. I kind of like everything's going to be better. Our lives are not going to be so chaotic. Your father's going to be happier with who he's with. You know, all that kind of stuff. The kids, they don't care. They just want mommy and daddy together, and it takes a long time. And it's a whole grieving process, and I think I wanted to bypass that. Right. All right. Well, I, I think what, this is Lauren. I have to yeah. jump in here. So, I, 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 not, either one of you are not uh, kids of divorced parents, are you? Yes, I am. Yes. Oh, yes. you are. Yes, okay. Is. Yes. Yeah, and I was too. Ah. And I have a different experience. Like I was. I remember being so relieved about the process that it was. I wanted to spend that separate time with people so that it wasn't that tense time. Exactly. So I, I mean, my husband and I have this conversation all the time that, you know, if a relationship is not great or you're not working on making it great, that it's, I think it's important to, it's our obligation to make the relationship work or not, and it's healthier to not be in it if it's not working. But, so you're saying, Lauren, that you were relieved because your parents were so hot, I mean, the atmosphere was awful for you, so... Yeah, I was relieved, Absolutely. Because it was relaxing to be with one well, parent. I was 15 and I was a girl. So, you know, there was probably a little more, I don't know, I probably a little different maturity level, I would think. I think in the end, children are better off with happy parents. I agree and with there's that. There's no 100%. question they had a happier mother afterward. Exactly. I think what children 
you know, I don't like to generalize, and I certainly don't give advice because I'm not a social worker or marriage counselor or family therapist, but uh, my sense is that what children really just don't want is change. They just like to know what's predictable. Where's the room? Where's their computer? Where's, you know, how are they going to get to school? That sort of thing. And when we went through the process of building their new lives, we tried to make it as predictable and routine as possible, try to keep the routines, you know, dinner at the usual time, that sort of thing. And I think that, that helped. But in the end, um, Lauren, I totally agree with you. I, I, I think I can't imagine that it wouldn't have been better for them. Their father was probably happier, and he's got someone great in his life now, and I certainly was happier, and we had a much better time together. Yeah. I mean, I used to say to my kids, it's not a perfect world. Yes, if it were, and we were together, and that may be, and I kind of, I think I admitted to that, especially to one of my kids who was always confronting me about that. I don't care. I just want you and Dad to be back together. Well, it doesn't work. I wish it did, but it doesn't. And that's the other thing, Jessica, because you have three boys I want to ask you. Like, each one of the kids, each one of the boys responded differently because of their personality, because of their age, because of the stage they were at, and I think parents have to kind of be attuned to that as well. What do you think? I think that, that's right. Actually, it's, it's great when you have more than one because you can see that it's not because of what you're doing. It's really because of who they are and how they react. There's a chapter in there called Guilt. And by the way, the, the chapters in Happily Ever After Divorce, I remember when I was going through it, I did not have the attention span to sit down and read a whole book. So each of these can be read individually. They are each actually self-contained essays, as you know. So the one there's one called Something About Guilt where I, you know, I talk about feeling very guilty because one of my sons seemed to be visibly in mourning. Uh, he was my middle son. You're quite right. The other one, you know, the older one acted completely tough and fine. The, other, the little one was a baby, of course. But um, it, yeah, I, you do have to treat each one differently. And some of the, and you mentioned the middle son. My middle son is great at, impo- at making me feel guilty. <laughs> he can push my buttons and did so. And he and it's funny you should say that because during the divorce he was the one who would make me feel guilty. I would, I, he had that ability to make me feel like, oh my god, what am I doing? And questioning myself all the time. Um, but in I the, got some good advice, which okay, is go ahead. Let, I, I received some good advice, which is to never let a child make me feel guilty because it gives them too much power. Yeah, and they're uncomfortable with having that much power over you. And it happened once, you know, with one of my said my sons said something that was blaming, and um, and it, I talk about how I responded to it using that as an example that uh, this is not my choice, and you know I don't feel good about this, and I really don't appreciate your having tried to make me feel bad about it, and that never happened again. Good for you. That doesn't mean you're in the a quiet better woman night, than I am. <laughs> that doesn't mean in the quiet moments of night that I didn't, you know, have my guilty thoughts and feelings because you wish you could make life better. Who was the most supportive to you? Who was the most that me also don't want to, uh, the other side of that, I got two questions, but you don't want your kids to also become your, you know, elevate them to, to a friendship relationship either so that they are comforting to you. You know, you need to turn to other, to other grown-ups because I think that's really easy to do, especially if you have an older child, high school. I don't know if your mother did that to you, Lauren, but that's not a good position to take either. Um, it's not good for the kids. No, yeah, I agree with that. Not at all. And that wasn't done to me at all. Absolutely. Well, that certainly was my experience, that I was my mother's confidant and help and um, and support and heard and went through a great many things that as a, you know, a child and then a young adolescent, I really should not have. And we were close as we still are. But um, there is a certain protection that you really have to 
to keep the children from. Now, I think it's probably more difficult to say that with a girl. I haven't raised girls, but I tend to see a lot more closeness between mothers and daughters in that way. Yeah, I do too. As a, this friend I was talking about before, this actually a relative of mine, same thing. She's very aligned with her daughter, and uh, I think mothers and daughters do tend to do that. So who was your confidant, Jessica? Who did you turn to I mean, during the whole process? I had wonderful friends. Um, I have, you know, my mother was a comfort. My sister was great. Um, I, I did go to friends. I was, certainly saw a therapist through, through those years. Um, and I really, really went to those people in my life who could be helpful. Yeah. I recommend seeing a therapist. I really recommend that. I saw a therapist for three years, and it was, you know, it, it just, it, it was great. I mean, I just, I, and I think anybody going through a divorce, whether it's a counseling center or a, psychiat- a psychiatrist, whoever, it's really good, I think, to have somebody who's very separate, not a family member or even a girlfriend, to 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 be able to turn to. I, I mean, that was my experience. Especially if they're well-trained and really they can be objective and, and not be and giving advice. It was just brilliant. I didn't want I advice thought about I was going through this. I mean, I wanted to come from a young founding board. Very but, you know, really the answers have to come from inside you. And people who can just support you in finding what's right for you, I think, are the best kind of friends and advisors, not people who tell you what to do. You know, there's a website called the First Wives World. Have you seen that one about divorce? I was interviewed on First Wild Wives. Were you? And, uh, yeah, I interviewed There's an interview them. of me, yes. So, so what do you think about that? Here's a whole website devoted to, to divorce. Oh, there are countless websites devoted to divorce. What that says to me is how isolating the experience of divorce can be, which is so amazing given how common it is. I mean, it's over 50% of marriages end in divorce. So it's so interesting that... It should be such an isolating experience, and that's one of the things that so motivated me to write this book. It's a book that I wish I had had to read when I was going through the divorce, which is like hearing from a friend who went through it, what it was like, what you went through it, you know, what it was like for you, how you got through it, and seeing how you came out on the other end. And what your book does, Jessica, also, I mean, it's, yeah, it's that friend that you didn't have. I mean, you can, as you say, take it chapter by chapter, whatever, whatever uh, you know, you can relate to, um, I mean, that's really important. We had, 20 years ago, there were no books like yours out. There was nothing to turn to. And as a matter of fact, I felt, and I think you touched on that on one of the chapters, like I felt ashamed, embarrassed, like I had a hide, like I was a criminal, like I did something wrong, like I was a bad person. Isn't that interesting? It's true. It's just there's a stigma to it. And the whole, you know, the whole subject is such a downer. And it shouldn't be. And that's, you know, what really motivated me to show that this is, not this is yes, of course, divorce is the end of something, but it's the beginning of something. It's a courageous step to take when all else fails in the marriage, that it's a, a belief in the future, it's a belief in a better life for yourself and your children, and to see the positive aspect of it, not just see it as the, the down part. Do you think we need to change the word divorce? It's a nasty word. Uh, yes, is. you know, I, there's a, that's my final chapter in the book called A New Lexicon where I said we need a new word for divorce. You know, divorce signals the ending, you know, the wrenching, the tearing apart, when in fact it's both an ending and a beginning. You know, it's both a death of something and a birth of something. So, you know, I said maybe, re, I say, re, call me resingled, call me reborn, call me renewed, just don't call me unhappy. Exactly. Yeah, I, and don't call me divorced. 
And don't call me. Don't call Jessica divorced. Don't call me divorced. And don't call Lauren divorced. <laughs> don't call us unhappy. Yeah, call us. Yeah, exactly. We've got a new word for it. We're going to have to say goodbye to Jessica Bram. Happily ever after divorce. Notes of a joyful journey. Thanks so much for being on the show today. You were Thank great. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was fun. It really was. We'll be back in a minute. VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. Total career success. What does it mean to you? Voice America presents a radio program dedicated to help you achieve your career goal. Even in times of economic uncertainty, you can achieve your financial goals. Whether you're a college grad, new in the working environment, or a top-level executive, you will benefit from the practical and proven advice on job search and career advancement. Join Ken and Cheryl Dawson every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for Total Career Success on Voice America. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Want to have behind-the-scenes access to some of the greatest minds of today? On Shift in Action, we feature leading-edge innovators who are building a more conscious, sustainable, and healthy culture. Host Stephen Dynan offers live shows with evolutionary leaders such as Deepak Chopra, Van Jones, and others who are creating new paradigms for conscious living. You can keep your finger on the pulse of the latest frontier work with our weekly transmission of inspired wisdom on Shift in Action, broadcast live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. Thanks for joining us this morning, so early in the morning on the uh, West Coast anyway, not so early in the morning on the East Coast. Anyway, Catherine Zox, Lauren Deller-Blake, you're listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Actually, Lauren, I like VoiceAmericaVariety.com. I like that name better. It's kind of, it's talk about changing names. We were talking, before we took the break, and actually we were talking to Jessica Bram, and she's got this fabulous book called uh, Happily Ever After Divorce, Notes of a Joyful Journey, and you can go to her website, which is bram.com, bram.com. So, uh, and at the end, and it's also at the end of her book, we have to change the name to divorce. It's like so negative. I mean, it is a bad, I have a good friend, and he he calls his ex-wife his former, his lovely former wife. <laughs> well, I don't think my ex-husband would call me his lovely former wife. He's very but... funny. He makes me laugh. His <laughs> lovely former wife, he says. But d- 
divorce. I mean, it sounds like death. It's true, it does. Doesn't it? Death? So how can, so we need to say something that, you're good at this, Lauren. This is your specialty. You, you're one of those people who makes other people feel good and, and, and be, and gives them sort of that, um, I, I, you're the, energizes them to look at things in a positive way. So why don't you come up with another word? You don't have to do it right now. <laughs> Thank you for putting me on the spot. And me <laughs> I off said the you spot. don't I have to do like, it now. What is she doing? What's the right word? There is. There's got to be a better word, but I don't know what it is. But not something sicky sweet. Not something that's going to be, so, you know, sounds ridiculous. I mean, lovely former wife. Speaking of lovely former wife, you know that this is horrible, but you know that shooting that was done in uh, West Virginia? Or oh, Virginia? yes. Well, you know what the story was with that, don't you, with the I, shooter? I don't I don't know. You're going to tell me, though. Yeah, well, it has to do with divorce. Carthage, North Carolina. I mean, open up the paper today. Yep. And he killed all those people in that nursing home? Yes. Oh, yeah, it was awful. Carthage, North Carolina. But why, and, what did it have to do with divorce? Because he, they say, his wife said, he was really wanting to kill her. Oh. She was in the nursing home. Oh, she home. was in the nursing home. Yes. She, yeah, that's what... Um, oh, that's awful. Yeah, or... This is the mother-in-law, his mother-in-law. This is from the Associated Press. Margaret Neal said her daughter, Wanda, is, quote, devastated by the alleged actions of her estranged husband, Robert Stewart, who authorities believe killed seven residents and a nurse during Sunday's attack. Mm. She believes Stewart, that's the estranged husband, was after her daughter, who was safe behind the passcode-protected doors of the Alzheimer's care unit at this particular hospital. Oh, that's awful. So that's like a divorce or a split or a breakup gone mad. We do not want to get to that point, folks. No, it's not. It's so not worth that. Uh, no. So that's the exaggeration. I mean, the guy's crazy. I'm, I'm saying I think he is, allegedly. I don't want to. But uh, apparently he and his wife had these on-and-off-again relationship that spread over many years, failed marriage. One was uh, husband 45, wife 43, and this is how it wound up. This is scary. Sad. It's just so sad. I mean, I read there, or I saw somewhere, I think it was online, that the people, the victims were between 78 and 98. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Awful. That is divorce with a D-I-V-O-R-C-E. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> that's different. Yeah, that's definitely different. That's horrible. So, all right, see, there you are coughing. You I didn't recoup. You didn't re- What? You said you got rid of all that uh, throat business, but I don't think you did. My husband tells me the same thing. It's, I still have a cough. It's been lingering, but I'm fine other than a cough. You know, you always say to me, my, when I say stuff, you always say, you know, my husband always says the same thing. <laughs> well, you guys must be a lot alike. <laughs> maybe you have to think about it, because the way you say it, maybe it sounds like, well, I disagree with him, but now I'm hearing it again from you, Catherine, and it sounds like he's <laughs> he saying says the, the same, same thing. thing. You're not better yet. You're still coughing. I'm like, no, I'm all better. Yeah. I just have a lingering cough. Yeah. Well, you have to take care of it. Put that scarf around your neck like I told you to, the wool scarf that keeps your vocal cords warm, and that will keep it keep them healing. Yes, my vocal cords seem much better, though. Thank you. Yeah, they do. Um, anyway, so have we covered divorce? Cause you know, I have to say something. I was, I didn't, I, this point never got made, and I just think whether you're divorced or not, this is a really important point. So I was speaking to a good friend of mine a long time ago, years ago, and she has a baby who's, um, I think he's going to be two this summer. So she was talking about her, she was very frustrated once with her husband. You know, we all get there. And whether we're divorced or not, we all get in a place where we're frustrated with our partners for whatever reason. 
And For lots of reasons. Exactly, and it's normal and okay. So, but so what she said to me, I thought was brilliant. She's Buddhist, and someone said to her, and I think it was her mother. I don't remember who she her, her, he, she got this from, but she said to me, she made a point, a commitment to herself, not to speak negatively about her baby's father, which is her husband. She said, I want to really want to work on that. My entire son's, and now she's having another baby. Her, she doesn't want her son. She says, it's so easy for us to be negative about our partners, but is very critical in her opinion not to be critical to about your spouse to your child because that's their parent. And it's, you know, we see them as um, we can say these negative things over and over and over, but it's reflected on them. They internalize it as they're part of who they are. But their self is not part of who we are. Does that make sense? Uh, the whole thing makes sense. I just thought that was brilliant. The whole I think about that so a lot. Great. No, but I said, but Lauren, the premise is wonderful, but to actually do it is so different. It's because the emotions are running high. You are. You are emotionally, you've had it with this person. You are angry. You've got all this negative stuff going on. And at so the same time, you are asked. With and other look, adults and not with your, don't say it in front of your children. Think about how you have to stuff that in. I'm just, you know, it's not easy to do. And that's one of the issues that I have because we talk about all of this, but it is really tough to do that. I think that there should be women's groups, and maybe you should start one, that's really <laughs> very specifically related to, to, to this, because it is so toxic. I mean, divorce is one of the most toxic. It can be. That's yeah, true. It can yeah. be. I, I mean, I don't see how it can't be. If you really be, it can't be. If you're really invested in the marriage, I mean, if maybe if you've been married for eighteen months or you know those. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. But if you're really invested in a marriage and you're invested and you have children, to be able to be civil and to take those emotions that got you to get, go through the divorce in the first place and stuff them or try to control them? Yeah, I don't think we should stuff them. I really, really don't. But I do think there's a time and place for releasing it. And it needs to not be that we're speaking negatively about that child's part, whether it's the father speaking negatively about the mother or the mother speaking negatively about the father. I think it just is it's only our opinion, and that's one perspective. I agree, but I don't, that now you're starting, that's intellectualizing it. It's not, it's so not intellectual. It's so emotional. It's so guttural. It's so visceral. Any, if you have something to say, I have to, it's, uh, any of our guests, because I know a lot of people have a lot to say about this, you, you can't call in now. Well, I guess you can. We've got a minute to go. <laughs> 866-472-5787 or KZOX at nycap.rr.com. Uh, we'd like to hear what you have to say, because it isn't. It is not cognitive. It's just it's just right there in the gut. And I'm not saying I agree with you. You have to do it, but I, how to do it? It's how do you do that? It's not easy. And I think it is about. I mean, I they say, we talk about this in coaching from a coaching perspective. We call it self, there's a word for it. That we call it self management. Like self even what? social management? working. I mean, you wouldn't say certain things to somebody or about yourself in a social worker situation, right? about yourself. You talk about the client and the client situation. You wouldn't say, oh, that reminds me of a situation with my husband. Right? <laughs> right? Well, let that. me tell you, whip out a cigarette and <laughs> that would be the last time you'd see that client. <laughs> it's true. That's so funny. You think you've so got problems? I've got problems. Exactly. I felt like we, we, I we have do to it tell there. you more so and that's a great there, You can do it anywhere. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, it, we got a minute to go, I, but I do want to, because I remember when I was doing one-on-one therapy and by the end of the day and I'm listening to my last client, I would 
the clients going on and on, I really did feel like saying, you think you have problems, honey? I've got problems, too. And I, felt like, oh my God. I mean, of course I would never do it, but 30 seconds to go. This has been great. Get that throat back in shape, my dear, and um, we'll talk to you next week. It's been great. Lauren Deller-Blake, Catherine Zox, Voice America, Variety.com. Have a great week. You too. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox.